You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture Fanatics, the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you. It's your host with the most, Val Cisco, and we are back at it again with another awesome episode of Disney Plus More. Guys, if you don't know what Disney Plus More is, it's a segment we came up over here in PCF where we talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, that's streaming right now on Disney Plus. Movies, shows, premiere access, exclusives, and beyond. It's your boy, Val Cisco, and we're here to talk about, you already know it, you see the title, you see the poster on the page as well too, Marvel Studios Presents Black Widow, a film arguably going back and forth when it comes to the audience's views and opinions, and we're going to talk a little bit about it in a short amount of time. I want to give my perspective on the film how I feel about it, and our rating as well, too. We're going with the Golden Popcorn rating. We're going to start that off for the first time with Black Widow. So hopefully you guys just come along for the ride. I'm excited to talk to you guys again because it's been a while since we uh, launched a podcast again. Uh, before this, uh, we had the PCF Roundtable. And before that, we did a review on Luca. Uh, a lot of moving things happening inside the lifestyle of Val Cisco. But once again, we are back at it with reviews. So let's deep dive into Black Widow. Of course, this movie is a 2021 superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character by the same name, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It is the 24th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film was directed by Kate Shortland and a screenplay by Eric Pearson. It stars Scarlett Johansson, alongside with Florence Pugh, David Harbour, and of course, the great William Hurt, and Rachel Weiss, ooh, everyone's fanboy crush back in 1999, 2000 right there. Set immediately after the events of Captain America Civil War back in 2016, the film sees Romanoff on the run and forced to confront a conspiracy tied to her past. Lionsgate Films began development for Black Widow back in April 2004 with David Hayter, not Harbour, Hayter, attached to write and direct it. The project did not move forward, and the character's film rights have reverted back to Marvel Studios beginning in June 2006. Now, if you guys don't remember, a little history lesson. Back then, Marvel Studios was not a big thing. It was something kind of uh, of a he say, she say. What's happening here? We don't know. Hell, in the early... Uh, 2000s, maybe in the 1999, uh, 98, Marvel was basically bankrupt, 
and they were basically selling the rights to their characters to different studios. X-Men went to Fox, so on and so on from there as well too. You, um, that's why we see so much development hell when it comes to Fantastic Four, the X-Men, uh, different characters that should be in the Avengers like Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch. So much crossover and so much chaos happening. But now, we're at a point where we're seeing all these licenses and IPs coming back to Marvel, going back to Disney, essentially, and we're having our shared universe once again. Of course, Johansson was cast in the role for several MCU films, beginning with Iron Man 2 back in 2010, and began discussing a solo film with Marvel. Work began in 2017 with Shortland hired in 2018. Jake Schaefer and Ned Benson contributed to the script before Pearson was hired. Filming took place in May throughout October 2019, and it filled in places such as Norway, Budapest, Morocco, England, Atlanta, Rome, and of course, Georgia. Black Widow premiered June 29th, 2001. 2021, excuse me, look at that, we make mistakes here, it happens, at various events around the world. It was released in the United States on July 9th simultaneously in theaters and through Disney Plus with premiere access, hence Disney Plus more, right guys? <laughs> it is the first film in the Phase 4 of the MCU and, rightfully so, was delayed three times from the original May 2020 release date due to COVID-19. Black Widow broke several pandemic box office records upon release and has grossed over $314 million worldwide. That's a lot of money, guys. That's a lot of Benjamins. Becoming the fifth highest grossing film in 2021. It also made $60 million, of course, in Disney Plus global revenue. In the opening weekend, the film received generally positive reviews from critics with praise from performances, particularly from Scarlett Johansson and Pugh's characters, their relationship, of course, and the action sequences as well. So let's get down to the nitty gritty on how we feel about this movie from start to finish. Um, the anticipation for this movie. How is Val's anticipation going into Black Widow? Well, I'm not too sure if you guys have heard me from past Marvel films when I did review them. I, I will say that I wasn't on board to see a Black Widow movie in 2020, 2021 because of the fact that, well, I have to say it, with Endgame happening, you put a, a bookend on a character and her motivations and her arc as well too so perfectly that why would you want to ruin that in any kind of way? Those were my thoughts at that time. And even going into this movie, with all the delays that happened and knowing that this was supposed to be the Phase 4 movie that kicked things off, I still wasn't convinced that this was going to be a movie that was going to blow it out of the water, that was going to make me want to go see Marvel films again in the theater, it was going to drive me to the theaters. Um, and then, of course, with the Disney Plus shows that have came out from WandaVision to Cap and Winter Soldier, which definitely plays a big role in this movie as well, too. We'll talk about that a little later. And, of course, Loki. I felt like those shows in particularly did kick off a phase four for me rather than this film. Um, so going into this film, I went to it a little late, you know, I saw it 
relatively this week and not to date this podcast. And um, I will say that I was happy with the finished result. It was good enough for me. I enjoyed the action sequences. I enjoyed some of the relationships and some of the comedy in the film. Um, I felt a couple of character changes were a little stale. I thought some of the villains were a little stale as well too. Definitely has the backdrop of of a lot of James Bond s films. This definitely had a spy espionage feel to it. But hell, this is Black Widow. This is the character herself, a character that has that hasn't had a lot of development even in the comic books throughout her her I guess her inception. Right? Um, she's a a character that's either been highly sexualized or used as, you know, a scapegoat or maybe a plot point as well too. Um, never really fully fleshed out until I want to say the later 2000s. And don't quote me on that, but as a person who does read comic books, I just feel that the Natasha Romanoff character has went through retcon after retcon after retcon. And... It was up to a capable actress to really pull this performance off to make people want to go back and read the comic books or even uh, be a fan of the character altogether. Hell, this is like a, a secret agent turncoat kind of character as well too, so it's really hard to get people riled up for that character, right? Um, but I will say, um, with the growth, even with the films that has happened from 2010 till now, I see the growth with Scarlett Johansson. And it's amazing how her character parallels to the comic book where you see her in Iron Man 2 heavily sexualized, ass shots, you know, just skimpy outfits, yada yada yada, it's all there. And it's basically what you see Natasha in the first ongoings of Avengers or Captain America and Winter Soldier and things of that nature. She's highly sexualized as well too, but you see her growth. Uh, it, it definitely changes from a little bit in Age of Ultron going into Civil War and then from there as well too. After Civil War, that character really gets a little bit more fleshed out. Um, but I, I would say that she's a popular character in, in the, the female demographic and also a popular character in general in the male demographic as well too. I think she's proved her chops. She's proved to be an awesome character as well too. Um, I think people got over the the staleness of the character, because when you look at this character as well too, even in the first Avengers movie, you have that iconic scene of Hulk powering up, Cap with his shield, Hawkeye about to unleash some bows, you know, Tony about to throw out some rays out of his hand, and you get to Scarlett Johansson with a Glock 9, just like, alright, let's go bitches. And it's like, well, you want the, um, you want her to have something, right? You don't want her to have a, a weapon or a super ability, kind of like homie from East 236th Street, the Bronx New York could have as well too, right? You want her to have a little bit of gravitas, a little bit of oof. Um, we got that. We got that throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This movie in particular, did it need to happen? Maybe. Was it, was it three years too late? I would say that. I would say that if you were... If you... Maybe this should have came out right after Civil War. This would have been a beautiful caveat just to have on that. Just to really see what those characters were going through. Hiding out before the events of, um, of Infinity War. I mean, yeah, we get some fleshed out characters, you know, in Infinity War going into Endgame. And I get it. But just that little... That space in between... 
throwing out different movies like this, little one-shots, if you will, would have been fantastic. I'm happy with it, though. Don't get me wrong. You know, we uh, I think everyone wanted to see a backstory of the Romanov character. And you get that, you know, setting back into 1995, you get... At the, at the pretty much the tail end of the Soviet <laughs> Union, basically, you know, the Berlin Wall's already crashed, you know, uh, David Hasselhoff is singing already and all that stuff. Um, very much a 1980s aesthetic as well, too, even though it was set in the 90s, where you have the, um, the Soviet family that's hiding undercover together. Uh, you, that, this is where you get, like, the Rachel Weisz character, you get, um... Um, of course, so many different things from Rachel Weisz to, to David Harbour as well, too, to um, Florence Pugh as well, too, as little girls, with Natasha as a little girl as well, too. You see the seeds laying down of this wholesome family that's hooking to friends, having a good time, living the American dream, if you will. And, of course, their cover somehow is blown and they're they're off to the fences right there, they're off to the races, they're going out there, they're they're leaving the country, they're in car chases from the cops as well too, the kids are confused, it does feel like Natasha has already been exposed to what's been going on with this family, and uh, I feel like in that opening scene, and it's never really, they don't really dig into it that much, but Florence Pugh's character, um, it, it still feels like she's very innocent throughout the whole entire throughout the whole entire sequence, if you will. While Natasha kind of feels experienced in this, I wish they elaborated a little bit more on Natasha really just experiencing all the horrors from the Red Room at that age as well, too. Um, it would have been interesting as well, too. Nonetheless, we get Natasha and Yelena um, taken away um, as, you know, we see our boy, um, <laughs> we see Rachel Weiss and our boy, Look at me over here. I'm going all crazy. David Harbour um, get into Cuba and basically are happy that they are done with the American dream. They're done being a family and whatnot. That he wants to be Red Guardian again. The the Soviet uh, Union's Captain America. Their, their enforcer. And he wants to get back on the road. He wants to get back on the streets and, and punch and take names, kick ass, chew bubblegum. He wants to do all that. And... He doesn't care about the kids. He sees the kids, and the kids are suffering. They're crying. It, it shows that uh, Natasha already has a feeling that, that she's going to be taken away somewhere, and she doesn't want that for Yelena, her sister, uh, because she knows the horrors. Uh, you get fast-forward into that. These kids get taken away. We get a little montage of the Red Room and the introduction to Black Widow, essentially. Just, like, what do they do to these ladies inside the Red Room? The psychological warfare that's in their minds, the sterilization so that they can't become pregnant. So many things are happening to these young kids growing up becoming full-fledged assassins. So, very interesting. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world with quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. 
Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And, of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh... Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. A lot of crazy themes. I wish we would have deep dived into those themes a little bit more. I feel like they were trying to push an envelope, but they didn't do it fully. And maybe, of course, this is a movie that's PG-13. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, I feel that our audience, even our children, should be, I don't know, should be treated a little bit more educated when it comes to movies like this. Like, we shouldn't shy away from certain things. Sometimes there's bad people and bad people do bad things, right? So, in essence, I, I feel like I understand why Disney shied away from certain scenes. I just wish they would have deep dove a little bit more, just a little bit more. Um, we fast forward into 2016 and Taj is on the run uh, after the events of Civil War. A lot of shenanigans happen, but she basically gets in contact with her sister again uh, throughout a uh, serum that's actually supposed to trigger the mind to separate what they were being told to do as assassins, essentially. Um, they get together and basically they they find out that there's a whole army of black widows out there being controlled of course by the character Dragoff which is played by our boy Ray Winstone um you know uh main villain um uh, cool very James Bondish you know Dragoff is very much a a a invisible hand kind of character um very much a person that's there, uh, wants to be in control. Your misogynistic Harry Weinstein kind of character beats on women, belittles women, puts them in a place where they think they're empowered inside their head, but at the same time, they're just being controlled. So, um, you know, I get what they're trying to do with this character as well, too. It just seems a little campy, in my opinion, as well, too. He also has his heavy as. Uh, his expert assassin that can mimic every single movement that this opponent comes across. I'm not going to reveal too much of that. I want to, but I'm not going because I want you guys to go ahead and experience this. But his heavy is the Taskmaster, one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, I love the Taskmaster. I think he's a funny-ass mercenary, you know, someone that can copy every single move from the Avengers just by looking at them, just by fighting them. Um, if you haven't seen the Taskmaster, I would tell you to go to your phone, Google him up. You know, the dude, you know, has a shield like Captain America, has a sword from the Swordsman, um, and a bow and arrow because he studies Hawkeye and different other gadgets as well, too, to fight the Avengers. He's like the Avengers version of Amazo from DC. Fantastic. I was hyped to see that because I'm a huge Taskmaster fan. Um, 
I want you guys to go watch this movie because I don't want to go beat by beat by it, but I will say, um, the story of, you know, both sisters, essentially, even though they're not really sisters, they're just two girls that were plucked out of the system to be put in this fake family in America, still have that sister bond, and it's just basically them family, and since that's the, um, the, the word of 2021 when we're looking at um, Fast and Furious and different movies like Space Jam and this right here. Family is like the biggest tie-in right here. It's what is family? Is family blood? Is family um, someone you spend time with? Can you forgive? Can you let go? Those notions right there. What is truly family? So to see that dynamic is very fun between both um, Natasha and Yelena. Uh, even when they kind of get the crew together um, with our boy David Harbour, Alexi, uh, playing Red Guardian, is pretty cool as well, too. There's an awesome prison breakout scene as well, too, where my man is just telling stories about him battling the great Captain America. Their rivalry has spanned for many years, including the 80s, and he's arm-wrestling people back and forth, telling this story until one person calls him out on his bullshit and saying, didn't Captain America get, you know... Um, rescued from the ice around like 2008 2009 which of course alexi goes crazy and breaks my man's arms um i found that pretty funny as a guy that just wants to be known that wants to have a legacy you know this person that has had the super soldier serum inside of him and he was at one point the captain america of russia of the soviet union is now just a person who has no life to live whatsoever that's in prison that can't do anything whatsoever but yet has all these powers i found that pretty cool i found that pretty dope um just a russian captain an anti-captain america but you still want to cheer cheer, uh, cheer for him living the glory days if you will he reminds me of a of a of a middle-aged man that's reliving his days in high school playing football as a quarterback that's exactly who this character is um when you get to um rachel weiss and her character a little different um, I thought that this character would have been the straight person, right? The person that um, takes a little bit of a serious approach in a movie. Um, but she's another person that is almost like a comedic relief, but on the spectrum. She's very straightforward. You're supposed to laugh at her because she's so straightforward. Um, um, like, like highly sarcastic, I guess, in a way. I just wish that we would have had that person that was a little bit more invested into what was going on in the story. Instead, we had this, like, let's be a family again. We were really family. No, we weren't. Yada, yada, yada. I wasn't your mom. I wasn't your dad. Yes, we were. All this stuff happening, I feel like there could have been a little bit more layers, especially since she is a person that was a director of The Red Room and their antics that were happening there as well, too. I felt like there was a lot to, to really uncover there and really layers to talk about, especially with Natasha and Yelena um, both being trained as KGB assassins, you know, to look at this mother figure, this paternal figure, and say, you did this to me, like, there could have been more on the table there, but they kind of just, they let it go a little bit, and I don't appreciate that, they let it go for comedic relief, not that part, but just comedic relief throughout the movie. I think if there's any criticism that I give highly on this movie is because the, the comedy is there and at parts I just don't think it needs to be there. It kind of extinguishes the seriousness that this movie should have. I mean, we're talking about women being sterile, you know, controlled, oppressed in a way, right? And we're just having laughs and gags throughout the movie. And 
there should be more serious undertones. There should be more serious moments. And I feel like it kind of just gets wasted with the comedy in my way. Uh, William Hurt as Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Are we ever going to get Red Hulk, guys? I don't know. If you guys don't know who Thaddeus Ross is, go look him up in the comics. But this guy has been around since Iron Man 1. Since the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Uh, guy does not age as well, too, even though the dude has gray hair. Um... He's also back, he's, you know, um, basically Secretary of Defense looking for um, um, Natasha and because of the acts that happened in Sokovia from Age of Ultron, looking to arrest her. Um, plays a, a minimal role in this movie, but it's good to see him in this movie as well, too. I, I hope that they're setting up something big for him. I think they are, but it's just good to have that, you know, that consistency there in these movies. Um... Let's see here. The Taskmaster, I felt like there was a healthy amount of Taskmaster, a healthy amount of the training segments, and you got to see how much of a beast this character is as well, too. The ultimate unveiling of the of the Taskmaster when you, when you finally see the face, um, I'll be the person that'll say I, I don't mind it. It's not comic book accurate whatsoever, but I don't mind it whatsoever either. Is it a change? Yeah, is it a big change? Kind of. But at the end of the day, if you take that part away and you look at the Taskmaster as a whole, basically the Taskmaster is doing everything that that character is made to do. You see the training montages, you see him studying the Avengers and whatnot, and... and different power sets you see the taskmaster actually pull off a couple of power sets as well too the arrow accuracy you know the swordsman the captain america shield as well too so many things there's actually a great little battle between the taskmaster and red guardian that i feel like they should have dug in more as well too like this movie has a good concept it's just it doesn't dig deep enough for certain characters i would have loved a just a line because he's so obsessed with Captain America, um, Red Guardian, um, that he would look at the Taskmaster as a, at least an alternate worthy foe. Oh, you fight like Steve Rogers. Well, this is my chance to actually fight a Steve Rogers. We don't get that. I feel like we should have got that. And yes, is he a murderer? Is he a killer? <laughs> is he playing for the wrong team, essentially? Yes, I get it. But these are characters that you're still cheering for because they're quote-unquote anti-heroes in a way. So I get it. Hell, even Black Widow herself is an anti-hero. Uh, this movie's built around anti-heroes. So I just feel like there could have been a little bit more fully fleshed scenes or fully fleshed um, sequences in this movie. Um, let's just talk about one thing right here. Um, the star of the movie in my in my head in, in, in my head canon would be Florence Pugh as Yelena uh, Beloff, who plays another Black Widow. Essentially, all these women that are in the Red Room um, are essentially Black Widows, and they're you know all over the entire world. They're like sleeper cells, sleeper agents, just ready to be awoken in a way, right? Um, I love her character. She comes off innocent, serious. Um, empathetic yet scorned as well too and she's a perfect balance to Scarlett Johansson's character as well too everything that you really wanted from the Black Widow character when you first saw her in 2010 with Iron Man 2 Yelena kind of represents that you know sexy yet yet um, smart sophisticated there's an edge to her yet there's an innocence to her as well too um, 
great lines, great lines of just busting chops on her sister, essentially as well too. When you look at um, the body of work that Natasha has done with the Avengers, she's over here saying, "Yeah, yeah, you do this, you do that, you do superhero poses. I don't know why you do all this stuff for. I feel like you just want attention, you know. Yes, I get it. You're like one of the only girls in the Avengers, but come on now, you're a hired assassin. You should be a badass. Kind of like." She's a representation of what the audience sees Scarlett Johansson in a way. So I found that interesting as well too, but I think all her scenes, she commanded so much respect and dominance. There are scenes of comedy between her flying the helicopter and just like not knowing what she's doing, kind of going rogue on plans and still knowing what she's doing but not obeying by what Scarlett wants or Natasha wants as well too. Her family dynamic of just still feeling like, yes, like this is all this was all fake. You were all fake in my life, but it was real to me. You saw that in the trailers as well too. But having her really just get that emotional that emotional deep feeling knowing that this was a kid that was abandoned essentially um and just shoved off to be hired assassin that still wants that love and affection by people who are strangers essentially to her she hits that she hits that more than natasha does she hits that more than then scarlett johansson um I love it. Uh, I won't spoil anything for the ending because I want you guys, like I said, to go out and watch this film. And I want you guys to kind of experience how I experience it as well, too. And when you do, link us up over here at PCF. You know, link us up at PCF on Instagram, uh, Pop Culture Fanatics on Instagram, Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook. And, of course, um, the podcast itself is on everywhere from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, to um, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're on it as well, too. So like the link. Um, heart it, share it, whatever you guys gotta do. Alright, so that's essentially like how I feel about Black Widow. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie. I think it had great action sequences. I think most of those action sequences were in the trailer, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it wraps up a couple of loose ends. I wouldn't say loose ends, but it just expands a little bit on the Black Widow character, essentially for Scarlett Johansson, what her motivations were as well too, what her motivations were in the Avengers as well too. So I think that's nice to see for fans that really wanted just one more taste of the character. It expands the lore for Phase 4 in a way, in a way. If this movie came out on the exact date where it was supposed to come out, then yes, I would definitely say with that end credit scene, um, it would have played a beautiful, beautiful part. It would have played a beautiful caveat to what we saw at the end credit scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Things kind of feel like they're moving in place now, and I totally get it. But because I saw Falcon and Winter Soldier, and because I saw this, I'm like, ah, okay, I see what you're doing, but it just didn't hit me as hard as it should have. Maybe is, is that fair to say? Maybe I don't know. Um, so let's give the golden popcorn score. I'm going to give this film two golden popcorns out of three. I think it's exactly what I expected going into this movie. It didn't turn the needle for me whatsoever, but it didn't turn it backwards either. It, it just, it's there and I appreciate its existence. I enjoyed the film. I have some criticism about the film. Um, I have some criticism about some of the characters and how they weren't as fully fleshed out as I wanted them to be. 
but I'm highly optimistic with certain characters as well too coming out of this film and I cannot wait to see what happens going forward so if that says anything then that's a success to me you know two out of three is not bad whatsoever I would have gave it the the quarter and a half but at the end of the day I just two is just fine it's flat it's fine it's there it's enjoyable I don't regret seeing it whatsoever I, it just feels like we already knew what we were getting ourselves into watching this movie. Um, it does make me feel bad that we don't have any more Scarlett Johansson going forward into MCU. Now that could definitely change with the results of Loki and that last scene that we saw there with the multiverse. So we'll see what happens there. You can never say no to any character officially being dead um, because of the multiverse and things that are happening for the near future. So who knows what can happen there, but I recommend you guys watching this, whether it's on Disney Premier Access or in the theaters. Uh, is this a movie you should see in the theaters? I don't know. It didn't scream out to me in the theaters. It doesn't have uh, that sequence that's like, oof, like you're waiting for a crowd to just grile up for. It's a great in-home movie, and if you're gonna watch it on Premiere Access, go for it as well too. Hell, it's grossing a lot of money on Premiere Access anyway as we speak, so why not why not contribute to that? Um, but yeah, guys, that's Black Widow in a nutshell. Hopefully, you guys followed with me right there. Um, Val Cisco, Lucha Val Cisco on Instagram, Lucha Val Cisco on Twitter. Uh, we're trying to get that Twitter game up as well too. PCF, like I said, on Twitter. PCF Podcast on Twitter. PCF Podcast on Instagram and Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook. Um, like us, link us, let us know how you feel. If you don't agree with me whatsoever, please let me know your opinions on this film as well, too. If this was the bee's knees for you, tell me why. But that's it, guys. I am out of here. On to the next review. We have a couple more coming your way this week as well, too. Hopefully you guys appreciate it. Ciao.